we really focused on optimizing the mobile experience and the conversion from, you know, these Gen Z platforms onto fanfics. And I think that's really where we have won. Welcome to the business of creators. If you're a content creator or you want to learn more about the creator economy, then this podcast is definitely for you. Now, in today's show, I'm speaking with the founders of Fanfix, a platform that enables creators to connect with and earn from their most loyal fans. In this episode, Harry and Simon explain the broad variety of creators who are using the Fanfix platform, best practices for promotion and monetization, and some of the new features that are in the product pipeline for 23. Now, it was amazing to hear how far they built the company in less than two years, and not surprising to learn that some creators are making seven-figure sums on the platform. Before we get into the discussion, I want to tell you briefly about Electrify Video Partners, a business I co-founded that invests millions of dollars into YouTube channels. If you want to grow your YouTube channel or you're wondering how much your channel is worth, check us out at electrify.video and get in contact. Right, let's get on with the show. So on today's podcast, I'm joined by Harry and Simon from Fanfix. Thanks for joining me. Not a problem, of course. Thanks Thanks for having us. us. Yeah, great. So for everybody listening, can you explain exactly what is Fanfix? Yeah, so, you know, Fanfix is essentially a creator monetization platform that allows Gen Z content creators to monetize in a variety of different ways and really building a sustainable recurring revenue stream. Um, Fanfix is really that hub for creator monetization, and we continue to build new products and offer new services to creators in order to help them monetize their community. Excellent. And so can you explain, how does that work if you're a creator? How would you get set up on Fanfix? Yeah, so, you know, Fanfix is an exclusive platform, meaning as a creator, you have to apply to be a creator on Fanfix. Um, And once you're approved as a creator and you connect your bank account, um, you know, you start creating content and, and building your community by promoting your fanfics across all of your social channels and really making it the hub for monetization where, you know, you could grow your following on TikTok and pull that following onto Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, into a Discord community. But fanfix is that cross-channel subscription content platform for these creators to build recurring revenue streams. Got it. Cool. And so can any creator join fanfix? Uh, not necessarily, you know, most, most of the creators on Fanfix are high converting creators. Um, but we continue to open up the platform to, to different verticals and also, uh, you know, micro and, and, and smaller creators as well. Um, but really, you know, we want to help all creators monetize and, and give them a place to really build their own and foster their communities. That's great. And, and what, where are you seeing the early success? Like where are the big, platforms or genres of content where typically um, creators are really um, leveraging fanfics? Yeah, so we're really winning with Gen Z, so Gen Z. So um, TikTok first creators primarily, and then the majority of our traffic's coming from either TikTok, Snapchat, or Instagram. And, you know, whereas our competitors, main competitors, Patreon, and Patreon's more YouTube, um, you know, desktop, uh, Discord first, which is, you know, generally for a much older demographic. So primarily Gen Z, TikTok first creators. Great. And can you give some examples of some of the creators that are working with Fanfix and having real success? Yeah, we've got Brooke Monk, you know, Cameron Dallas, who's also a co-founder, Anna Shoemate, Jumpers Jump, the Mian Twins, you know, members of the Hype House, um, and uh, and then about 3,000 others. So um, 
bunch of bunch of creators and as i said primarily gen z and tiktok first creators nice three thousand creators that's great and and so i mean as a creator how much what's the potential to i mean obviously it's un- unlimited but can you give us a sense of how much some creators are earning ballpark figures yeah so we have individual creators earning seven figures on the platform um wow. and uh so you know the the, the earning potential is gigantic and I definitely get a little bit jealous seeing, <laughs> seeing how much these creators are adding on fanfics. And can you give us like a flavor of what works well on the platform? So where are creators really, um, you know, benefiting? Is it like unique content or is it messaging or? Where's yeah. The, so so it really depends on the creator. You know, when, when we talk about podcasts, it's all about bonus episodes, bonus content, being able to engage with your fans through paid messaging um, and when we talk about, you know, fitness creators, it's it's meal plans, uh, workout routines. Um, you know, we have creators who write blog posts on the platform or motivational speakers who drop uh, audio every single morning, um, comedians, chefs, whoever it may be. So it really depends on the creator. Um, but we do like to think about how we can continue to improve engagement between the creator and their fans. Um, so we have a whole list of features dropping in the next few weeks that that are really going to boost that that connection. Wow, there's like a real mix there of different genres and different formats as well with podcasts and stuff. How yeah. do um, how do creators promote it? Like, what's the kind of best practice that you're seeing at the moment in terms of creators? Yeah, so majority is coming through. Um, swipe ups or LinkedIn bios and and mostly from either TikTok, Instagram or Snapchat, which, you know, obviously the, the kind of main Gen Z platforms. So creators will, um, you know, say on their, on their Instagram story or their Snapchat story, I just dropped a bunch of exclusive content or my bonus episode is on fanfix, you know, and then it'll be a swipe up to, uh, to go and subscribe. So it's very simple and, you know the, the the crux of how you know how 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 much money these creators have made on fanfics. I think uh, much comes down to how easy it is to um, you just to subscribe and to to convert your audience. So you just swipe up, you know, two buttons, and you're in the in the membership club. Got it. And you've mentioned Gen Z a number of times. Like, what's the audience for fanfics and the creators? Is it it's a younger audience, presumably, than um, perhaps YouTube or let's say Patreon, who's a competitor? I know. Yeah, so much much younger. So um, you know, typically our our kind of average average uh, age range is sort of um, eighteen to twenty two. Uh, but we view Gen Z as, you know, 13 to 24 is, um, is kind of the, the big target. And, you know, primarily most of those are 18 to 22. I think, you know, also comes down to just the platforms they're coming from, you know, with, with, if you look at Patreon, um, they're mostly YouTube first creators and, you know, the average age is more upper thirties, sort of forties, more millennial, you know, upper millennial demographic, whereas, you know, fanfics, um it's much younger and uh and, and more mobile first and kind of built for gen z and obviously by gen z as well yeah so you know we we really focused on optimizing the mobile experience and the conversion from you know these gen z platforms onto fanfics and i think that's really where we have won um and also have a competitive advantage being gen z ourselves having creators on the team creators on the cap table 
Um, so we're really able to connect with, with, you know, our customers and, and our clients a lot um, better than, than a lot of the other platforms out there. Nice. And what, what's the background to the, to the business? I mean, you know, you've mentioned again, you're, you're very young founders yourself. I can see early 20s. Like, how, how did it come about? Yeah, so um, so we are early 20, so I'm 22, so I'm 23, and we set up the business a couple of years ago when we were, uh, I think, 2021. 20, and so we set it up when we were students. We were um, uh, in our third year at uh, university in, in, in both, both in the US, and we kind of saw a gap in the market, you know, um, in the direct monetization space and saw how difficult it was for creators to monetize. So ended up, setting up setting up fanfix you know built the platform launched it uh going into our final year of university and you know really got extremely fortunate with the traction and um it went really viral very very quickly and in just uh i think just just under 10 months we were acquired by a company called super ordinary in uh in june of 2022 Wow, that's amazing! Uh, in ten months, so and can you tell us about the deal with Super Ordinary? What does that enable you to do, and what does the future look like? Yeah, so a number of things. So first, first of all, international reach. So Super Ordinary, um, you know, is very much an international business, and they facilitate a ton of the social commerce in Asia. Um, so international reach is is really key for us, and then also social commerce. Um, so you know, they they have a, a portfolio of one hundred and forty brands. And this will allow us to. We're really interested by the potential for um, social commerce in in the in the US and and kind of the West. It's obviously been very very successful um, in, uh, in 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 uh, in Asia, but hasn't really you know um, broken to to the US, UK, Europe markets yet. So um, yeah, primarily international expansion and then also social commerce. Yeah, and and also just resources. Um, you know, Super Ordinary is a is a big company that has has incredible resources, um, and really allows us to build Fanfix into you know one of the the largest creator monetization platforms out there. Great, yeah, and I mean, I think we all know that the. China and Asia really excel at social commerce. And there's many great examples and stats that are shared um, about kind of how big it is there. And it hasn't sort of translated across yet, I think, to the US, although perhaps that's coming. What are you um, seeing or what are you thinking about kind of how that may evolve? And perhaps that's, you know, through working with Super Ordinary or maybe it's just what you're you're seeing in the market. Yeah, so the answer is we're, you know, we, we are very bullish in the long run. And we think that social, you know, typically the US lags a couple of years behind Asia with with most of these trends. Um, and uh, and we don't think the market has kind of quite evolved yet, but over the long run are very bullish. I think um, there's, you know, the, there are a few things that the US market has to really get right and the US consumers have to really get through their heads in order for it to be successful. I think one of those is if you look at the you know the success of of, of uh, live shopping in Asia, one of the main the, the, the main reason why people you know why consumers buy from these live streams and tune in to watch Austin Lee etc is because they know that that is the best deal they will ever get, and Austin Lee won't partner with a brand unless they give him the biggest discount that you will get anywhere else, and you will not find the che- the product cheaper than an on, on an Austin Lee live stream. 
Um, so I think that's that's one part, and they're also very entertaining those live streams. So um, in the US, I think you know most of the most of the players that have tried live shopping have have struggled with um, you know educating the consumer or even you know providing the fact that, that they are the uh, the the cheapest um, cheapest product. So that's that's going to be you know I think the crux and, of it. And 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 also I think it's it's a cultural shift as well. You know when you look at the Asian markets and and how these live streams have been successful, the consumer there expects to be sold to. You know these are these are demos. These are product walkthroughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the U.S., it's a very different market. You know, if if you're a creator selling to your consumer, it's seen as inauthentic. You know, yeah. it doesn't gain traction. The algorithm doesn't pick it up. So in the U.S., it's all about authenticity. Um, so that's a big cultural shift that you know has has crippled social commerce in in the U.S. as of now. It'd be fascinating to see how it evolves. Yeah, and we are building. We're building in the social commerce space. Um, you know, we we've launched new products. We launched a link in bio called Superlink to to host your digital to host your products of any kind, uh, digital storefronts. We have launched uh, Gala Gala, which is a brand marketplace and creator affiliate network. Um, so we are we are trying to you know figure out what the answer for social commerce is in the United States. What's what's also interesting conversely is, you know, whilst whilst uh, social commerce is huge in Asia, hasn't really hit the US markets yet, you know, direct monetization like fanfix is huge in the US uh, and, and really rapidly growing in the US, but really hasn't hit the Asian markets yet. So I think there's massive opportunity in in, uh, in both verticals. Great. And any anything else on the roadmap that you can share for 2023 for Fanfix, new features that are coming out? Yeah. So, you know, we're launching a, a, a list of new features. Uh, one is live streaming on the platform. So creators can host, you know, exclusive live streams with their with their paid subscribers and, and community. Uh, the next is really enhancing in, enhancing our messaging. Um you know, allowing creators to do mass messages, announcement style messages when they have new drops, uh, you know, tipping goals where, you know, they they are engaging with their community to to hit a certain tip goal in order to fund content they want to create for their community. Uh, we're looking into Discord style house chats um, and, and group chats with creators and their fans, really focused on building engagement between the creator and their their users because we want to provide value to all of our customers wow i mean it's amazing how much you've achieved in such a short space of time but like a really hot area of the creator economy and um before we kind of wrap up do you have any thoughts on the broader creator economy like predictions for 23 and and things that you think we might see i think i think i'll start with with two predictions i think uh not to plug fanfics in any way but I think the the direct monetization space, the the subscription communities and membership clubs are are going to be growing rapidly in 2023 as we see a decline in brand deals and for creators needing more sustainable revenue streams. Um, I think we're also seeing a lot with innovative technologies like generative AI, and there's a lot that could be done with generative AI in order to streamline the content creation process uh, and help creators create content with very low lift. Yeah, uh, my prediction is I think that we're going to see the creative economy get a lot more concentrated. You know, it was very, it became very, very saturated. And there were, 
a hundred different players getting funded for, you know, trying to solve the same problem. Um, hundred different companies, you know, trying try to do the same thing. And I think we're going to see a bunch of, well, a bunch of companies unfortunately fail. And then a bunch of M&A where, you know, the companies, the winners, winners will emerge. And then on top of that, I think, you know, as, as the, as the macro conditions have, have been, you know, worsening and, um, you know, VC uh, checks have been lessening and, and purses have been tightening. I think we're going to see companies try and focus a lot more on product market fit and a lot more on, you know, actually, is this a, is this a genuine problem that creators are facing? And is this a viable solution that I'm building? And so, you know, the, the, the companies will either have to get product market fit pretty quickly or they will, you know, shut down. And I think, I think if we think about it in a macro way, I think a lot of companies will look for product market fit in order to find some form of profitability mm-hmm. um, as, you know, funding has dried up for a lot of the startups out there. Yeah. Wow. Wise words there. But um, no, it's fascinating touching on AI. I mean, there's so much debate at the moment. Is there things like chat GPT? Is it going to take over creators? Is it a benefit? Does it help them? And I think, you you know, you touched on how it can really help them more efficiently create content rather than replace it altogether. So um, it's it's great to speak with you today and to learn about Fanfix and the journey you're on. And for anybody listening that wants to get in contact, like what's the best way to learn about Fanfix and, and to get in contact with you guys? Yeah, so you you could find us on LinkedIn, Simon Pompan, Harry Gestetner, uh, or at our personal Instagrams, Simon Pomp, Harry Gestetner, or uh, just uh, yeah, shoot us an Instagram DM fanfix. So that's probably the the easiest way of getting in contact with us. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, guys. Great to speak with you. So that was the fifth episode in the latest series of the Business of Creators podcast. We've got some great guests coming up, so please hit subscribe to join the conversation. And don't hesitate to send me a DM on Twitter or LinkedIn with feedback about the show.